What's up, Wild Youth? We all know, but I just wanted to remind you, camp's coming up July 3rd through the 7th. We're going all the way up to Pillager, Minnesota, to Camp Jim. Uh, we're going to spend a whole week. Pastor Jeff Grinnell is coming to speak to us. Uh, we're going to fellowship. We're going to grow in our faith. We're just going to have a lot of fun. Um, but if you're looking for a reason to not go, here's five good reasons. Number one. <clears throat> why are you still listening? There's no good reason why you shouldn't go to camp. If you have any questions on how to get there or your parents want questions answered, talk to your small group leader and we'll get you pointed in the right direction. There are two places you can register. Go to Instagram at the wild YTH. There's a link in the bio or you can go to myeternity.com slash wild. I can't wait to see you there. Yo, what's up, guys? You're now listening to the Wild Youth Podcast. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Come on. He's the only one worthy of our praise. Every day he is worthy of our praise. Do you believe that? Come on, some of you believe it. Come on, that song that we're singing about is saying, no one, nowhere, no way. No one else is worthy of our praise. Are you giving him your praise tonight? Yeah, all right. Come on. Well, welcome to the wild. We have some new faces in here tonight. So as you find your seat, I want you to find someone that you don't recognize and introduce yourself. Okay, now I want you to raise your hand if you actually met someone new. Oh, that's not enough. So guess what? We're going to stand up and we're going to do it again. And you are going to meet someone that you do not know. Now, the, the challenge that I have for you is to next week find that same person you met, remember their name, and talk to them. Whoa. What a concept, right? All right, go ahead and get out your Bibles. Stand to your feet. Get out your Bibles. Open it up to the book of John. When you're at the book of John, say, I'm there. John, chapter 17. There we are. John 17, starting in verse 9. I am praying for them. This is Jesus. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled." But now I am coming to you in these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. 
And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. And I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Let's pray. God, I thank you for for having the, the privilege to come to you in prayer. Thank you that we're able to speak directly to you and to lay out our hearts and to ask things of you and to tell you what's going on in our world, in our family, in our situation. And God, I just pray tonight that, that we would have ears to hear your word. Pray that our hearts would be ready to receive what you have for us. God, I pray that we would allow your word to change us tonight. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. High five your neighbors. You take your seat. Awesome. So let's just do a brief recap of our series so far. For those of you who this is your first night, you're joining us in a series called Lay It Down. And what we're talking about is prayer. So the first week, we talked about laying down our worship. Meaning when we come to the Lord, the first thing that we should come to him with is praise, is worship, honoring God, thanking him for who he is. And last week, we talked about laying down our worries. So giving over to God the things that are weighing us down, the things that are burdening us, surrendering them to God. And sometimes that prayer in and of itself can feel like hours long, right? Does anyone else feel that way? Okay, just me and Tavita. Man, I guess we are the most unholy in here. Let's go. (laughs) Sometimes that can feel like hours long, right? Because sometimes there is a lot going on in our life that we're asking God to change. Things in us that we're asking him to do through us. But honestly, for some of you, maybe just a minute of prayer feels like an hour. I've been there too. And because we feel like we've already spent an eternity in prayer, burdening God with all our problems, which we talked about last week, it's not a burden, right? Or it is a burden, but God asks for it. He says to cast our burdens on him. But because we felt like that, We even feel like we've already used up our allotted time in prayer. Raise your hand if you've ever seen a payphone. Okay, cool. A lot of you. Okay, so you know how those work, right? You'd go up to the phone, you'd put the change in, and then when your money was spent and your time was up, it was like, all right, got to go, bye. Sometimes we do that with God. We feel like we have an allotted amount of time, and when we've spent it all up, We're just out of luck. But the title of my message tonight is to lay down your world. No matter how long it's taken you to worship him, no matter how long it's taken you to lay your worries down, we need to take it another step step more and lay down our world. What is that? mean, well, we need to be offering our families to God in prayer, offering our friends or your parents or your teachers, right, your coaches, 
What about your small group leaders? Your pastors? Your president? We need to be lifting them up in prayer. But another step, step, why do I keep saying it that way? Another step, what about the missionaries in Costa Rica? Or the missionaries in whatever country you want to choose, right? Maybe the missionaries in Thailand. If you didn't know this, Abby and Daniel just got back from their honeymoon in Thailand. Yeah. Ask them about it. I'm sure they'd love to tell you. But I was, I was talking to Abby about it, and the thing she was sharing with me is how sad she became from seeing so many lost people. They would go and they would, they would see the temples that are there and they would see so many people passionately worshiping in these temples, but they're worshiping something that's dead. They're worshiping a man-made idol and they're so lost, but they don't know it. And what she said to me was, I know that I'm not called to be a missionary there, but I know that I can pray for the missionaries that are called there. She knows that she can be interceding on their behalf. And we too should be interceding in prayer, not just for our loved ones, but also for missionaries and for people across the world who don't know God. Maybe for people who have never heard the name of Jesus. And we see this prayer of intercession from Jesus himself in the scripture that we read at the start. So let's pause. Intercession. It's a fancy word for the act of praying on the behalf of someone else. Intercession is the act of praying on the behalf of someone else. It's not the text that's saying, hey, I'm praying for you. No, intercession is the actual act of praying. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Did you pick that up in the scripture that we read? He was praying for us. In Romans 8, 31, listen to what this says. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died, and more than that, who was raised. And he who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Notice the present tense of that. Jesus is interceding for us. On a daily basis, Jesus is praying for us to the Father. Now let that just sink in, because if you're like me, that, that leaves me in this state of, like, wow. Jesus himself is praying on my behalf. John 
John 16, 33 says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus expects us to have tribulation or trouble in our lives, but he tells us to have courage because he has already overcome our trouble. Now, that's a pretty confident statement that he makes. He has overcome the world. He's the only one that can say that. And it's from that confident statement, that statement of belief of, I have overcome the world, that Jesus goes into his prayer of intercession for his disciples and for us. Now, I say that because I think sometimes when we we pray on someone else's behalf. We go into it out of desperation, which is not always bad, but that desperation can sometimes come across as like a, God, this is just way too much. And I'm just going to spout all this at you. But I don't really believe that you can do anything with it. I've just been told that this is what I need to do. Well, that's great. That's a first step. But imagine if Jesus' prayer for us was that way. He prays for us from a statement of belief saying, I have already overcome the world. And his prayer was not one of, of wavering and unsurety. It was one of victorious belief. And we should be praying for others from that same state of belief. Believing that God has the power to answer our prayers should be leading us to actually pray for others. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and you just knew that they lacked confidence? Anyone? Raise your hand. Okay. How do you know? Yeah, you can see it. You can see it on them, right? They don't make eye contact. Maybe they're kind of fidgeting. Their feet are pointed another direction, not pointed at you as if they're like, I'm trying to make a quick getaway out of this conversation, right? Their shoulders are kind of slumped forward and down. And overall, they just look uncomfortable or just not engaged in the conversation, right? And the way people look when they pray, their body language can often tell you where they are putting their confidence. They're either putting it in their own power or in God's power. Because when I pray for my power, feeling defeated and powerless and insecure, my body looks weighed down. My shoulders are slumped forward. My head is hung low. And my focus is on anything but God. Now, in John's account of Jesus' prayer, we see something really cool. So in verse 1 of chapter 17, it says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. 
he lifted his eyes. See, this lifting of of his eyes was an act of confident belief and trust in God. And I know that most of the time we bow our heads and we close our eyes, right? And sometimes we instruct you guys to do that. And a lot of that is simply to eliminate distraction. Because when our eyes are closed, we have nothing else to focus on. But imagine yourself being so engaged and passionate in your prayer that you don't even have to close your eyes because nothing has the ability to distract you from your conversation with God. And it is in that passionate prayer that we are able to lift our eyes to God and ask him to move on someone else's behalf. But we also have to understand that there is a spiritual battle happening. And understanding that there's a spiritual battle happening should also be leading us to praying for others. Because have you ever asked or wondered the question, why do I need to pray about this or for this person if God is capable of doing anything? Like if he's capable of it and he's all-knowing, why do I need to pray about it? Well, God made us with free will. That way we can choose to love him and live for him, but that also means that we can choose to not love him or live for him. And the devil has chosen not to love God or live for him, and instead to live for his own glory. And because of that, the devil is fighting for our attention, because he wants the glory for himself. And that's why Jesus prayed, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Because when we pray for others, we are fighting against the attacks of the evil one. We are fighting against the strategies that he is using to get the attention of our family, our friends, our government officials, people who aren't saved. And when we don't pray for others, it's as if we are keeping God and all of his power to ourselves. So as we break up into small groups tonight, the question I want you to ask yourself, have I been keeping Jesus and his power to myself? Thanks for tuning in to the Wild Youth Podcast. If you like what you heard, follow us on our socials at the Wild YTH or come in person on Wednesdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Stay wild, fam.